You have to compensate for the delay because we're on Zoom. So you came in like. Can you not hear me? We can just strike it and try again. We race racist stereotypes and erase canon in Star Wars Episode One Racer this week on How Did This Get Played? Now this is podcasting. Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. Hi, I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Now, so last week, I solicited online some uh, possibilities for my own catchphrase, because you each have one now. Mm -hmm. We've got, we got hello, everyone, and then into welcome back, Bucket. I'm I'm drawn dead. And then so for last week, for the first one of these, I, I used one that you suggested, Matt. Uh, it was Heather and Matt are cool. Yeah, great. He said it again. It's a great, great catchphrase. I asked some people online for a suggestion. This is a this is a suggestion that came from at the same fate on Twitter. Whose suggestion was also Heather and Matt are cool. Wow. So. I, again, I just want to say, like, like I may, you know, it was the first week of doing this. Maybe people misunderstood the exercise. I didn't want people to just say the same thing that I said. That was just an example of a thing I could say. But so, suggest a new catchphrase, and we'll try to use that for next time. Uh, hit yeah. us up so, on social media. So, so to be clear, you don't like saying "Heather and Matt are cool." It just doesn't come from a real place. <laughs> This is just shocking to hear from you of all people. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have a great guest and a, a, a very fascinating game to discuss this week. But before we descend into gaming hell, as we always do, it is time to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, count us off. Go for it. So I thought that we would talk a little bit about favorite Star Wars games. Yes. And and I can I can start things off while you guys think of yours, but for me, the ones I always gravitate towards were uh I, I, I just have a lot of nostalgia tied to uh X-Wing and Tie Fighter, the the PC um space sim games, uh the the space shooters where you get to play, you get to like pilot a Tie Fighter or pilot an X-Wing. I just thought those games were so fun and so cool and so like just delivered on what I wanted like the fantasy of being a part of the Star Wars universe piloting one of these amazing spaceships. Uh, Heather, what about you? Uh, 
There were very few good games released for the 32X, but one of them was Star Wars Arcade in 1994, and it was the best Star Wars game I had ever played at the time. Also, I didn't grow up a Star Wars fan, so, you know, it's like, oh, this is great. Where's Sonic? But, right. you know, yeah. Like, it's, it's a first-person perspective. You're piloting uh, a, a rebel fighter. It was awesome. It was great. Did you not play it? No, you didn't have 32X. I played it no, by myself. I, These are it's always like talking about a t-shirt that I okay. Okay, well that's <laughs> it. Matt didn't get to weigh in. Uh guys, let's <laughs> Do you do you have one, Matt? Do you want to say something real, do you want to say real quick? My, uh no, I was gonna say like well, the episode three <laughs> movie tie-in game is not good, but it, I was telling you guys in our text thread that um it has a like battle mode where you can. It's just like a lightsaber dueling fighting game, and I always I preferred that to the actual game. And it's not even like it's a it's a thing hidden in a menu. Like it's not even like at the start screen of the of the menu. It's like in the bonus, and I love that. Wow. And you know what? The Lego the Lego Star Wars games are always really fun. A lot of fun. A lot of good Star Wars games that have been released, including the one we're discussing this week. Uh, and our guest to talk us through this: an actor and comedian from The Wrong Missy on Netflix and the podcast Newcomers which is about experiencing Star Wars for the first time. Lauren Lapkus is here. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of canon up front in the podcast at this point. There's a lot of like, we got to go through so much bullshit to get to. I love that. I personally love that a lot. But it was, I, I was reminded then that you were not a Star Wars fan growing up, Heather. But I, I think I thought you were because you've been going through the Star Wars cookbook. But then someone told me you weren't into it when you were growing up. How did you just get into it recently? Um, well, I saw all of them when they came out. Like, I, you know, I'd stand in my my uh, my best friend, Josh Cushions. He uh, ended up working at Lucasfilm. But before he did. Uh, he was huge Star Wars fan and he used to be like, we got to go to the midnight screening. We got to go to the midnight screening. And so we went to like the midnight screening of all the movies. And I was always like, okay, okay, this, this is the thing that everybody loves so much. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then I saw the last Jedi and I was like, wait a minute, it can be incredible. And I saw the last Jedi like five or six times in theater and infinite times since. And that is what my Star Wars fandom is based on. That's the foundation of it is yeah. how great that movie was. I agree. I like some of the more recent ones, but then I feel like people really um, don't like that opinion. Yes, that <laughs> that to me speaks to uh, like Heather as an individual that 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 like probably the most divisive Star Wars film I think that's ever been released is the one that absolutely clicked for you where you're like, oh, I get it now. This thing's for me. Well, it's the. I I mean, like, I'm just going to make some blanket statements here. And this isn't a Star Wars podcast, so you can cut me off at any time. And I know that you're going to cut me off at any time, like right mm. when I start hitting my flow. But right. uh, <laughs> it's the for, it's the only adult Star Wars movie. It's the only one that's complicated. Totally. It's the only one that has like thematic um, harmonics in it. Uh, well, like, even complicated. I think the other ones are complicated but in a more convoluted way. Like, I feel like this is like, com like nuanced, like some yes. of the newer ones, um, yeah. which I appreciated. And I also liked that there was some romance that was actually like, you know, seen, seen through. 
Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. I liked when they kissed each other. And they went, <laughs> 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 You're just describing a bunch of stuff that's already in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wish they'd kissed while he was still in the helmet. Yeah. I, wish, I wish that she just mashed up against She's the like, helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Heather, I know you you became a, a Star Wars fan late in life, but were aware of the franchise. Uh, uh, Lauren, obviously, you were aware of Star Wars, but you hadn't watched any of the films until like this past year, really. Yeah, Nicole Byer and I started this podcast at the end of 2019, and we started watching all of them in sequential order when they were released and it has been so much time (laughs) (laughs) we've dedicated many hours to watching everything related to star wars and then i thought i was done and then you guys asked me to do this and i was like it never ends this is the thing when you get into star wars i feel like this is like my curse now and heather i wonder how you feel about this because now that you've like profess that you enjoy Star Wars. Do you feel like people are like really thinking of you with Star Wars as being a thing that you care about? No, nobody is asking me. <laughs> I keep I really put it out there. I was on we one tried to Star get you on Wars my podcast. podcast. What happened? Oh right, I, I, I probably wasn't available. Something I think. happened with your schedule. My but fucking but garbage. I feel like people are thinking that I like care about Star Wars deeply right. now because I <laughs> talked about Star Wars for many, many hours. Now I think Nick could relate that you could talk about something for many, many hours and not care about it. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I care passionately about ever, anything I've ever podcasted about. <laughs> uh, but it is very possible to talk at length about something and then just be like, yeah, I don't actually have, I don't actually care. Like, right, I don't actually right. give that much of a shit about this. Right. Like, I think I get a lot of tweets of like, did you see this like mix mash up? And I'm like, I'm not going to click that. I will. I will. Again, if anybody wants to target me for Star Wars, I should just divert people to you. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds great. There's nothing I want more than somebody who's disappointed to talk to me. (laughs) I actually might have an opportunity for you that you might be interested in. I'm going to send this to you after. Great. Great. Wow. Can't wait. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah, if I wanted uh, wait, somebody to be disappointed to, to talk to what, what, what? <laughs> no, you referred to it as an opportunity. I'm just like, well, I, I hope got it's... asked to do something connected to Star Wars, but I don't know that it, I am passionate enough to discuss oh, this topic. I but it. I do think you would be, and maybe they would want you to do it. I don't know. Yeah, got it. I can't. The worst part about this is that I can already feel the avalanche of rejection coming. <laughs> <laughs> What about Heather Ann Campbell? And they'd be like, no, uh, you know what? I think we're going to go in a different direction yeah. with this, whatever no. it is. Well, then that's just them not understanding. <laughs> For this selfie. <laughs> this Uptown Funk Saboba matchup. <laughs> that I would watch. I would, I would, I would eat that up. <laughs> uh, speaking of Sebulba, so this is this this game comes from the Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, which Wait, was. Before you go into this, can I say yes, one please. more thing? Of course. I just was reminded that when something you just said about your Jar Jar Binks Funny or Die sketch, which was like one of the funniest things ever. Oh, and God people bless you. need to look that up. And we just had Jar Jar on the show, and that is Nicole's favorite character. So there's just many things I wanted to just say, but I think everyone <laughs> should look. What's the name of that sketch? The the sketch is called Gungan style, and by saying you had you had Jar Jar on the show, you uh, Ahmed Best, the the actor, yes, who portrayed yes. Jar Jar, and he was amazing. 
he he's uh he seems like an awesome guy and and clearly very talented and he is one of those like this movie uh, the Phantom Menace, him and as well as Jake Lloyd, who portrayed Anakin, like their yeah. lives were ruined as yeah, a, 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 to a large degree because of fan backlash. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand why Star Wars fans can be so evil. But anyway, let's get into this. <laughs> <laughs> Unique among fandoms, right, Heather? <laughs> yeah. No one else in nerd culture is a bully. Um. Yeah, so so the this is a this is a uh, the the game is Star Wars Episode One Racer, uh, released for Nintendo sixty four and also PC at about the same time. It's been ported a bunch of places. Recently re released on Switch and uh, PlayStation Four. Uh, yeah, you, you can get it on Steam. You can get it all sorts of uh, sorts of spots. One of I, my I, favorite I, things about the summary of this game, by mm-hmm. the way, is that it is a racing game based on a scene. Like, it's not, like, based on the movie. It's not like Star Wars. That's so Star Wars to do that, though. Like, they just take one little thing and make something, like, all, I feel like all the merch, like, there's, well, one thing I really learned was that, like, you know, the toys that were connected to um, that one character, can't think of it right now, of course, but he was not an important character. Yes, he died so quickly, but then he became so huge in the toy world. Like, it makes sense for them to make a game off of one scene. They're like, let's just milk this for all it's worth. Well, I actually, I mean, that's a thing I love about this game, and I, and I wanted before we we get get into the nuts and bolts of this one, uh, you, I wanted to ask if uh, Lap, because I know you're something of a gamer. Did, were you someone who ever messed around with racing games, like uh, like your Mario Karts? Yeah, Mario Kart was like my favorite game when I was a kid. Um, and we had Nintendo, then we had Nintendo sixty four, and what came after that? We had something else, GameCube. Um, Mm, yeah, but we but I feel like the only game I ever really got into was Mario Kart um, and I would play other things like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and stuff. And those are pretty fun. But those were the only ones that I really gravitated towards. And so as I've gotten older, I haven't really been into games as much until Animal Crossing. And your episode right. with Zach Reno was so funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that was a delight to talk with them. Yeah. What, what are you? Uh, are you still playing Animal Crossing? I am, but I've like lost a lot of interest, but I'm trying to gain interest again. Like, I feel like I was like so hard at the beginning of quarantine, like going really into this like world and creating my little town. And then like, I guess I just like adjusted to reality and was like not needing to escape as much. And so I didn't need it as much. But now I feel like I want to get back in because my friends are so obsessed. Right. And I'm on this chain with people where they're like talking about it all day and I feel left out. So that's half of where I want to play. Heather, you're still doing daily check-ins, yes? Yeah, yeah, I, I still play for about an hour a day, um, just by myself on my island. Um, I think that's great. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you don't be so down about it. Just, you know, just I got some cool stuff on that island. That's the thing, no. though. If you because if you what I found is that like I was I was so obsessed, and then I sort of pulled back, and then I started missing out on all these cool changes, and then right. my text chain would be like now I'm catching pearls or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I feel like I got to get back in. I went swimming now. It's been very fun. There's like, Feels real. to me, there's a thing, there's a threshold with gaming where you go from FOMO, you're, you're, you're afraid of missing out. So you're like, like religiously playing something. This has happened to me with, with MMOs and other games where you have like, just like a regular, uh, you know, regularly introducing new content, but then you, you like enough time lapses and then you get the opposite feeling of like, well, fuck it. Like, what's the point even? Like, I can't. Now I'm just fucking hopelessly lost. What am I going to do? Like, I missed I, I missed all the fucking things you could buy at the 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 Nook shop for fucking right. three weeks now. 
I want to. And there do. was like a whole bug thing happening that I missed out on, and I was right. like, I'm overwhelmed. And I almost asked to be removed from the chain, but then I felt like I don't want to be left out, and so I want to stay on the chain. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like trying to get back in right now. I'm redesigning my my village, and I'm um, redesigning my house, which is very tedious. Did you, you know, do the thing where a lot of people do where you like you start moving buildings around? I yeah. found myself I did that with literally every single building. <laughs> yeah, that's like a I think that's just like the feeling of I put my museum really far away at first because partly because Zach had come to my island and he gave me a stick to vault with or whatever. And then I was able to put my island, my uh, museum really far away from my house and then I could never get there. And it was just a pain in the ass to go try to get that fucking bird to like approve of fossil. And like, I just was like... <laughs> <laughs> I had to move it. I feel like I locked in the design of my island too early mm. and now everything's in the right place. But it's kind of like, well, other than checking the store and check and like getting the weeds off the island every day, there's not really anywhere else to build. And there's not really any other areas I want to like create. So yeah. it's a, it's like a permanent diorama now <laughs> with no like, I don't know, there's no malle- malleability to it. Do you sure. um, make hybrid flowers? Yeah, I've got uh, in front of my house, I've got like a whole black rose garden. Uh, and then behind a fence, I have like 50 gold roses. Uh, so you can't get to them, um, which nobody ever has tried. <laughs> so- <laughs> but see, this is where I'm like a horrible person because I went to Alice Wetterland's island and then I broke her rocks and like took the shit in them and then... Later, she was like, who broke my rocks? And I, I was like, oh. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I sort of thought this would be bad, but I didn't really care. And then ultimately, I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, you can just like what, once you're close friends with somebody that you can just pillage their resources, <laughs> even without yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, we hadn't gotten there with our friendship. <laughs> There's some hack or something that I've been reading sort of uh, peripheral, per, like I've been orbiting this concept where people are swimming and then pirating from like if you invite people over to your island apparently you can like become you can like get out of bounds and like get to places that you're not supposed to go on the island so that people who've set it up so that like you're just going to their shop and there's fences they hop in the water swim to a different part of the island come up on board and then like fuck up people's shit so oh that sounds really cool yeah can you guys hear my neighbor blowing leaves? I, mean, I keep trying to mute myself because it's so annoying. But is, can you hear? I can't. I can hear that, but it sounds like just sort of a like a little whistling. He fucking blows leaves like it is the best thing to do <laughs> <laughs> ever. He's going to town like a gas powered leaf blower. He's just yeah. He's it blow? well, and my my landlord hired him to do our lawn as well. But here he comes onto the porch. He always comes up like. It's like so invasive and and really unnecessary because there's like four leaves. Like I just wow. I know he doesn't need to be doing it. Mike is silent screaming over here. Um, he should leave in a second. All right. There was a guy. I have like a dirt patch outside of my apartment. There's like truly no grass or anything there. And this guy, like I was on like a meeting the other day, and he um, was just like weed whacking for like 20 minutes. And I almost opened my door to be like, "What the fuck are you even doing?" <laughs> like I know it's so. It's so annoying. It feels like so invasive. It's like such a loud. It's also, it's extremely bad for the environment. Leaf blowers, like they, they're like generally they're gas powered, and so it's just an engine running (laughs) with like no. 
exhaust protection, no nothing. It's just <laughs> like move a leaves. running engine to move leaves. <laughs> and you just like blow them into a pile and then what? He doesn't like take them somewhere. Or maybe well, he does. Mike says he does. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he does. <laughs> he takes them and that's what we're going to find out. <laughs> He's really, really up in the window right now. I'll just wait for him to be done. I, I He's feel- making like a real doll scarecrow. <laughs> He's got a lot of leaves. <laughs> my crunchy wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love my crunchy wife. like to say about this game this is a this happened also with the final fantasy 9 uh anniversary this week this is a 20 year old game yeah so like i i was kind of th- i like looked up the albums that my dad was showing me when i was a kid like gordon lightfoot and how like kind of dumb i thought those albums were and how like now this game is two kids a Gordon Lightfoot album like it's mm. so ancient and like I I wish I wish that I could play video games that were like like for Apodaca he can play lots of video games that are older than him I don't know that there's that many video games like worth right. playing that are older than me you know yeah because both of us are old as shit and we're, and basically we're garbage <laughs> Well, we're how old fucking, is Matt? We're decaying. I, I'm almost there. I'm going to be 30 in December. I, uh... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Matt is a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> this is like one of those weird stories where we find out you've been, it's like a backward, there's that little kid who got adopted who turned out to be 30, but you're just oh, like yeah. a backward version of that. Like you work at Earwolf, but you're 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of one of those like reverse orphaned, like, uh, like that movie. <laughs> Just the you just have the shittiest wish, yeah. Like a kid. <laughs> and like, for a I, I, I look this way. I look my age. Like it's not like I picked <laughs> to be young. <laughs> I was gonna say I had a similar I had a similar feeling to you of just like yeah this game is this game is is so old but I do I'm old enough to remember playing this because the guy who lived across the hall from me in my dorm my first year of college bought it. And so I like I never played the single player version of this at all, but I played a ton of multiplayer because we were just we were just doing local multiplayer. Um, and it's, you know, in the same sort of way that that like a, a you know, a Mario Kart 64 was just like a staple or the original Smash Brothers was a staple of a or GoldenEye, of course, of N64 multiplayer. Like this was one of those that like, fit into that rotation because it is like very, I mean, fun. It's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this game? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess that's I guess this is a oh. good this is a good control variable <laughs> because because I have nostalgia attached to this game. I played I have fond memories of playing this when I was younger, but Lapkiss, I assume this is you'd never played this game before. This game is new to me, but I t- I definitely can see the nostalgia factor because I played games like this at this time in my life. I feel like I had I like the the type of animation or whatever you call it is familiar to me, but I felt like there was so much going on visually that I I sort of felt sick playing this game. Mm. Like oh. I felt like it was too much. Like um like there were points where my my car is flipping and I'm going and I'm bleh. and also I was Anakin the whole time. But also I played this in the ER yesterday. I don't know if you want to hear this. <laughs> oh I went to the ER yesterday. Oh I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. 
Um, and it was not a big deal ultimately. And it wasn't even a big deal when I went, it was not like, it was just, just let it be known that it was all fine. But I was like killing time because it all took a very long time to get this one thing done. And I was sitting there and by the way, I had my foot removed. No, I don't know why I'm being so vague. Um, (laughs) I had to just get a test. Okay. Let's just call it that. I don't want, I mean, okay. That sounds crazy too. I I thought I had a problem in my legs, my leg hurt and then they put a thing on it. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm like panicking telling the story because it's every vague version I told made it sound way more exciting than it was. I had a pain and that was it. And it was fine. And they told me it was nothing. But I had to sit there for four hours to wait for this test. And I was playing the game. And I just felt like, first of all, I was the first time I played it, I was playing a test round or something. There was like a trial round you could play. And I, Uh I lost so bad that I felt like, oh, no, I'll never be good at this game. Then I started playing the like races and I was getting first place every time. And I was like, I'm kind of amazing at this game. And then I started kind of liking the game. But then I I started playing the higher levels and I was really bad at it. This is like, this is the thing. Like my opinion is based on like me being bad at the game. Like it's not, I don't think it's totally fair to say like the game made me sick and stuff, but it did. But like, (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was getting like nauseous playing it and I was doing really horribly. And I was playing as Anakin and he kept going, like every time he like hit something, I don't know who you played as. (laughs) I played a lot of Anakin for this go around. You know, I, there's there, there's a bunch of selectable racers and the, and more unlock as you progress through the campaign. I will say there is a thing that is uh, that is uh, like what you're saying, like Anakin's voiceover, uh, which happens when you like crash into something. Yeah, it's so it's one thing in Mario Kart if you like go off of Rainbow Road and then Lakitu uses his fishing pole to like bring <laughs> you back to the the track and deducts two coins versus <laughs> smashing into a rock formation at 600 miles per hour and exploding in a fireball and then it's going so Wah! dramatic. I know, <laughs> and then and then just respawning on the course like, like it was just like a minor setback. I know. I was thinking. I kind of wish like life was like this. You could just be like zooming along so fast and crash and just go. And then, like, get to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I like that the voice samples for Anakin were like, ah, and then there was also, come on, come on, come on, come on, work. And then there was, it's working. And then, what did he say when he wins? It's just like, like, I won. Yeah. It was literally, (laughs) I won. (laughs) Just like dead, like dead, like in a studio booth. Yes. Asking this child to record <laughs> over and over and over again. Well, I was going to ask, do you know if it was really the actor? Yeah, it was. Yes, it, it was Jake and, He and the actor who played Sebulba were the actual voice actors for the game. That is And cool. Watto, too, I believe. And Greg Proops is also doing the, the human voiceover. Oh. Or not oh. the human voiceover, the English voiceover. Interesting. For the announcer. Um, like that. That was a, that was my Watto. Is pretty good, or is it <laughs> yeah, sound as racist as Watto? No, it like, actually it- was less. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to be a voice in a video game. That seems relevant here. What was it? Um, it was the Jurassic World video game, Indominus Rex, or something. Oh, did you cool. did you play it at all? Did you play as you? I've never played it. You can't play as me. I think it's uh, you might be able to unlock my character at some point. Um, a child claimed they did that. I don't know if that's true though. Right. Um, but <laughs> I was. It's like a Lego um, Jurassic World, and I'm like a Lego character, and I say a couple lines in the control room, and then I'm like, um, 
I can possibly playable at a certain point, but I don't I I don't know that I recorded enough for that to be accurate. That's amazing. It was cool. Is that Heather, have you ever done a voice in a video game? Yes. Um I did a voice in a video game whose name I can't think of right now. It was an mm. indie game and it was a voice activated video game. So like the uh, way you played was that you yelled stuff at the screen in order to get people to move around and stuff. Whoa. Uh, and I was this like ultra butch, like CIA military woman. Amazing. Uh, and I don't I cannot think of the name of the game. Um, Doesn't that seem like it would be so crazy if your kids were playing that game and they're just like screaming at the TV to get things to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that. I, that's I, I think that more, more developers should be like, what would make a parent like have a rage accident in the house? <laughs> and then one of them is hearing Jake Lloyd over and over again going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the, the, the Nintendo 64 version of this game released the same week as episode one, the movie. So May 18th, wow. 1999. Games of 1999, uh, you mentioned Final Fantasy IX predates this a little bit. Uh, uh, wait, no, was it Final Fantasy? System Nine. of Shock 2 came out. Might have been Final Fantasy IX and Street Fighter. I don't know if it was nine yet, actually. I think it might have been eight. System Shock 2 and Street what? Fighter 3 Third Strike all came out in 99, though. No, not... Wait, oh no! Final Fantasy Nine came out in the year two thousand. Yeah, I Final think Final Fantasy, Fantasy Eight came out in nineteen ninety eight. I think. Yeah, I think it. I think it predated it. I think Eight was was uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, because that I because I do remember playing Final Fantasy Eight in my dorm room by myself. Uh, and the and Nintendo sixty four was or the Nintendo sixty four version. That memory. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all my best memories playing video games alone in the dark room. <laughs> I want I want to say a, a thing that I a statistic I read about this game is that it is the number one largest selling sci fi racing game of all time is, really? is Phantom Menace Pod Racer. Like it's well, I mean, Star Wars I episode one racer. Yeah, like that's also a pretty specific category. More than F-Zero, <laughs> more than Wipeout, more than right. I mean, like there are big franchises. Those are big franchises, this, but it is it's like one degree removed from saying it's you know the best selling Watto game of all time. Fuck you, okay? I love when you guys fight. Forget it, man. I'll never say anything again on this fucking podcast. I'm done. No, I liked it. But I feel like that, like, watch this movie was a movie I didn't really enjoy that much, but because I felt like it had too much CGI and I felt like I'm more, I'm more into the Star Wars movies that use the practical, you know, effects. Right. Um, but the pod racing part of that movie was like the worst part and like the weirdest part of the movie. Are you going to wow. fight me? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, wow. I'm just surprised. I thought you were going to say the opposite of that. You're going to say like that part was like genuinely like cool and thrilling. Cause it is no, a cool sequence. I did not like that part because, wow. and I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm, it's weird because uh, like you said, like I am new to this. So I don't feel like I'm like educated in this, but I do feel like I've seen it so I can have my opinion whatever. It's fine. But Watching that scene, it's so long. I didn't, it felt so like jokey. Like they had like those, um, like the, what do you call it? Commentators. And they were like, yes. rr, rr. and I'm like, this is so like, r like current. Like it just felt like I didn't, I didn't like that element of it. I don't like when they are winking too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The two headed commentator, which, you know, again, Greg Proops does what does the the English language, the basic in the Star Wars universe uh, voice. <laughs> and then there's another there's another guy who does 
uh, like the the whatever the alien language is. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that element is maybe like a. Li- you're right. It is. It is a little jokey. But I do kind of like I, when you're talking about the funny part. For me, I was thinking of the pit droids, and I think they're a real hoot. <laughs> Wait, who's that? Those little the droids, little robots. That, yeah, that collapse into you know they can collapse <laughs> into a small guy, and they they repair the the the. I, Matt knows what I'm talking about. They repair the pod yeah, racers. Yeah, those guys are very good. It's the happiest I've ever seen Nick describing anything. Like he was like <laughs> up in his chair, like kind of like up. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are great, and they're in the game. Yeah, you can buy you can buy them yeah. in the game to improve your uh, your pit crew. Well, so I didn't really get deep into all of that, and I feel like I didn't get to fully understand how I could be upgrading my stuff. Because part of the thing too, and I don't know if this is true in Mario Kart, I felt like Yoshi was who I always played because he's the fastest. But mm. then I don't know that that's accurate, and it felt like when I in this game I was winning so much that I didn't want to switch my car or like mess with it. Yeah, I mean, there's the, is that the dumb? you start. No, no, it's not. It's not dumb. I mean, I the amateur pod racing circuit you start out on. It is kind of like hard to even not come in first. It's 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 so it's so balanced towards just. And I guess when you think of a lot of large part of this audience is kids. Yeah, that probably they want to make it so that a seven year old can pick up their controller and be, you know, destroying the AI in his first. Try. Well, that was the thing I was questioning whether they the other guys were even trying because I was like, I, I keep dusting everyone and I'm not good. And then like when I got to like one level higher and then I was like losing so fast, I was like, oh, they were just trying to make me feel good. Oh, yeah. If you go up to you go up to the galactic pod racing circuit and try a grab vine gateway, you <laughs> might get dusted. It's the. Uh, when when I had that, because I did have this game back in the day, uh, and I um, was one of those players who won. You buy a fucking N sixty four game, and it was like eighty dollars, and so you played it until it was dried out as a cartridge. Right. Uh, but like I w- I wanted to get first place in each of the races, and I still have like both track memorization like locked in my brain. Like I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this turn. I remember how hard this part is. Jesus but like, Christ. That's fun. It sucks. It was horrible <laughs> realizing that. Like, I was like, oh, I no. like that. I don't <laughs> know. There's something so weird about brains that, like, you can just know it, like, deep down somewhere where you thought you forgot. Like, that's just crazy. Well, it's, yeah. I, but wouldn't that memory space be better filled with, like, a, a memory of a good ice cream or something? Like, <laughs> Instead yeah, of like I a, mean, a, a track that doesn't exist on a planet that doesn't exist inside of a game nobody cares about. Or Matt's birthday. Hey. <laughs> Wait, is today's Matt's birthday? Yeah, it's, it's today. I'm. Let me guess your birthday, Matt. I have Please. no reason to know what it is. April 23rd. No. no. Okay. <laughs> We're going to keep doing this until we get it right. <laughs> is it July 9th? Is it? Is it? No, it's not today. Okay, well, now everybody knows what day we're recording this on. <laughs> is it November? I'm very disoriented. <laughs> is it November November 10th? No, I'll just tell you what it is. It's December 2nd. I just said December 1st a second ago, and nobody Did heard you really? Me. Oh, yeah. wow. I have the same birthday as Britney Spears. That's How exciting. Good. It's very good birthday. Someone wrote to me be, uh, on Instagram yesterday because I liked her video. I just liked Britney Spears' video yesterday, and she was talking to the camera about, I don't even remember. And then they were like, you can save Britney. I saw you liked her picture and you have the means to stop this. And I was like, I guess she's like being kept or something. I don't understand what's yeah. happening with her. But I was like, Weird. I don't have the means. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't have anything that can help Britney. I, I have, all I have is my likes. 
there's uh there's this, uh, like a conspiracy that may or may not be true i can't speak to it that um she's being sort of like held against her will in her uh, con- uh conservatorship where um they're sort of like just controlling every move she makes and stuff oh well i don't know her videos seem to express her personal opinions <laughs> yeah she dry- she likes to show drawings of her kids when they do- when they do drawings of anime yeah and she's a really good dancer she's great the end <laughs> I, I feel I feel left out. Should I be into Britney Spears? That her Instagram is the best Instagram. Okay, it's very good. There's okay. a lot of great stuff happening there. This is the most alienated Heather and I have ever felt from our own podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Sorry, Once what I, you, you just know. witnessed between Lauren and I was a human conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the game being a Star Wars game, there was a time, you know what, a lot of Star Wars games do this, and there was a time when it was there was an expectation for it, has an opening crawl. I'll read from the opening crawl. For generations, the galactic pod racing circuit has thrilled citizens of the Outer Rim territories with its fast and dangerous contests of repulsor and turbine-driven land vehicles. Amid the ruffian and racing elite, one champion stands above the rest. His name is Sebulba, a cunning and ruthless pilot who wins by any means necessary. Sebulba, the bad guy in the pod racing sequence in episode one, who Anakin ultimately overcomes despite the fact that he is a cheater. And he is, an, uh, he is a playable character, an unlockable character in this game. The only one who has a way to, uh, like, uh, who, who really has a weapon that he can use. He can have flame jets to attack the other pod racers. Did you like that they did the crawl? Like, there's some stuff that I'm like, it's cute that they use like all the Star Wars stuff. Like they couldn't do mm-hmm. it without the crawl. Like they have to do the crawl. Yeah. Like it feels like you, if you don't do that, you're not even trying to make a Star Wars game. Right. But there were so many like long intro videos. Did you watch all of them? Oh, I love yes. the intro videos. It's so unnecessary. We are on such a different page. I I truly was like, okay, we're go- I'm gonna go on there and we're gonna shit on this game. And like you guys just love it. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I, I will say that the the for me it just speaks to there was a this was. Some licensed games have like no effort behind them. And this is one where it feels like they really tried and that there was also like a lot of like care put into it and a lot of polish. And I feel like to me, all the the little cinematics that you see before every race, these pre-rendered cinematics where you see, you know, like we see the planet that we're go- the race is going to be held on. A lot of times we're seeing like the chancellor of this race is being introduced as a character <laughs> just for this one vignette never has any influence on the game beyond that. Um, I like I I like all that kind of shit. I like like we're going through the weaving through this uh, ocean planet and knowing that this is where the next race is going to take place. I don't know. What did you think, Heather? I so I I because I had it on N sixty four. None of the cutscenes were included. So like this is my first time seeing those cutscenes, which are nineteen ninety nine CG. They're like yes. terrible, terrible cutscenes. But I was like, oh wow, this is. I didn't get to see any of this. Also of note that the N64 version only had music on the final lap. So the rest of the race was just the sound of your engine, which is like not an exciting, motivating soundtrack to play to just like a constant drill sound. So I, I mean, I like the switchboard because I was like, this is all improved and I don't mind looking at these guys. 
This is cool. Yeah, they do le- really lean on the the John Williams score. They use it a lot. They use it extensively. I played on PC, but it's the same sort of thing. You know, that mu- that Duel of the Fates is being almost played on loop. That fucking, that song is so good. It's Duel great. of the Fates is so good. It's the, it's like the fourth best Star Wars theme. I remember watching incredible. an it. On MTV2 in like 1999, they made Duel of the Fates into a music video. And then it, <laughs> and it just had like clips from Phantom Menace interspersed with like John Williams conducting like the Boston Symphony Orchestra or whatever. Uh, and uh, and it, it's like it it was like that. It was like the 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 Friends theme song. It was like kind of had that moment in the zeitgeist where people were just like, yeah, this is good. This is a thing I want to hear over and over again. I would play this game if it was the Friends theme song on every lap. <laughs> I'd be like loving that. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Killing a child to the Friends theme song. <laughs> I felt so protective of him when, like, we talked about that movie and on on newcomers, and like, I felt like I feel so bad that Jake Lloyd was so like made fun of, and people were so mean, and then like he went off to like not work in the business anymore, and all this right. different stuff happened to him. And then I heard his this the voice in the game, and I was like, "He sucks." <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus I don't really mean that. I I don't really right. mean that at all. I don't mean that at all. But I did I did hear the go, and I went, "Yeah, I get it." <laughs> well, um. it's a it, so I think. By the way, as a side note, I think we are on the cusp of it being like of of Star Wars Episode One being gone with the winded out of culture. Like I feel like. It is so bad and 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 so blatantly unacceptable. And then to pile on that, the exploitation and destruction of an actual child actor. Yeah. Like it just is like this game is great, but boy, that movie's that movie's not good. It's not good like Hmm. morally (laughs) and also not not great as a movie itself. But do you think they would ever really like like cancel one of the movies like stop it from being included i I don't think they would i mean well they have endlessly re-edited these films that has been a thing like they you know so i could see some elements maybe being excised or revised i I think that would be I, i could see that potentially happen but i hope this doesn't fall out of the discourse because they think it's important that kids learn about the Trade Federation's blockade Well, and, and the how really the Jedi cool, Knights overcame it. The really cool thing that I learned from talking to Ahmed Best was that Jar Jar Binks is like the first CGI character played by a human actor. Yes. And it was the first time anyone had ever seen this sort of technology. So watching it now for the first time, yeah, it's not good. It doesn't hold up. But I imagine if you saw it in theaters right then, it might have been really exciting. Like, that's like something you've never seen before. Yeah, there was a I mean, Jar Jar, there was a gigantic backlash at the time of release and and he probably bore the brunt of it. But I but the technology is amazing. And I think that what people started thinking of of Gollum from Lord of the Rings is like like, oh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. This is an amazing innovation. But it's just like, but Jar Jar had already done that. And and Ahmed Best perfor- his performance kind of got erased for a while. It, people are people are aware of it now. But for a time, people were just centering on what they did in the Lord of the Rings without thinking about episode one because people didn't like that movie. Yeah, as much. but he had a good spin on it. He said that he felt like because people were so upset about this character 
that he did a good job as an actor because he disappeared into it so much that they were just like they saw it as like a character in the thing and they weren't right. just, they weren't mad about the acting they were mad about this character so I thought that interesting mm-hmm. um i i do want to say just to talk about this game a little bit like the the you mentioned the sound design heather you mentioned that the that on the n64 version the music's kind of out of the picture for a lot of it that is a choice they make in the film. Like the pod racing sequence is all it's all sound design. It's all sound effects. There's no score until towards the end of the the, you know, uh, the climactic sort of finale of the uh, of the competition. And and I, I so I think they were trying to retain that. But I do want to say that I think the sound effects are really good in this game. It looks like it looks old, but it sounds great. It sounds yeah. modern. It, it's, it's like really, really well done. Yeah, I love the pod racer sound effects so much like Sebulba's pod racer sounds like s- listening to a lawnmower underwater like it's un right. it's like so threatening uh like and that's it's cool when people make a sound that's scary like that's yeah. a neat thing that people can do right yeah well, Lauren, this is the thing you, yes you're on board with me right i'm absolutely on board with you and i'll tell you why um, but actually, this is something I was thinking about coming into this podcast because I was like, oh, I'm annoyed by various elements of this or but I'm also not like a gamer. So it doesn't really matter if I think something isn't good. If someone who does play a lot of games likes it, that makes more sense. But I feel for the creator so much that I'm like, oh, someone made the sound and someone like drew it. And then I'm like, oh, I suck if I say it's not good. Like there's like part of me that doesn't like to say something's bad. And it was something I had to kind of deal with with doing the podcast because we're talking about these things and you have to have opinions about it. But I always think about people who made it and I feel um, I feel a little bit sad about being, you know, negative about some element. Right. Some guy was in there. I want to say something about the dev team that I read that I thought was really cool which is that in order to make this game, they were screened two or three s- small clips of the pod racing scene that had been basically completed. And they were like, so a game like of this. And they had very, very, very little footage and v- almost no understanding of the physics of how the game, how pod racing would work. And they were like, well, we'll give it our best shot. And when the game released, it feels so official. And the team Absolutely. was stunned because they wow. were like, we nailed it. It <laughs> feels like the thing. Like, and all they had were these two or three little clips. I think that's, well, I think that's, that's that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. feels so hard. I assume what they got from those clips was what I think the game does best beyond the sound design is the sensation of speed. Like you really feel like you're going really, really fast and the the, the tracks yeah. are expansive and the, the the you know, the ground is really moving at a rapid rate beneath your racer, which I think it I, I think is just like another they succeeded at what they were trying to do with this game. Also, Heather, to your point about their them having a limited knowledge of what the uh, the pod racing sequence was in the film. So some of the named pod racers in the film, Sebulba, uh, Ben Quadraneros, Odie Mandrell, Rats Tyrell, they're present in this game. And then they also had There's to come so up with a bunch. There's so many Bens in this universe. There are a lot of Bens, <laughs> uh, but they, uh, they came up with a, you know, as far as Bens go, I guess Ben Kenobi would be number one, then Ben uh, Solo, who ends up being Kylo whoa. Ren, then Ben Quadraneros probably bringing up the third. Probably getting Yikes. the bronze, right? <laughs> Yikes! Um, but but the oh, other racers man. they haven't. Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! 
You like Solo more than you like Solo more than uh, Kenobi. Yeah, I like <laughs> wow. I like Ben Solo more than Ben Kenobi. Hot take. Yikes! But the wow. other racers <laughs> in this game, Jesus, they they had a lot of fun with the Star Wars names: Dud Bolt, <laughs> Evie Endicott. Elan Mack, who sounds like the uh, public Musk. domain version of Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Goscano, Bullseye Navier, Clegg Holdfast, Moanic, uh, and uh, Slide Parameda. <laughs> you know what? I take back my hot take. I think I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is better than Ben Solo, but by, by like a hair, only because of Ewan McGregor. Like, that's yeah. why. Yeah. All right. We can continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We should get into our final thoughts. No, Heather. you know what? I'm no, I was wrong. It is Ben Solo one, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi two. All right, that's B- my final we, answer. We both agree. But ben ben Solo is there. yeah, Kylo Ren. Huh? That's right. Ben Solo is Kylo yeah. Ren. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he goes second. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Sec. It is Keith. Okay, Ben Solo two, Obi Wan Kenobi one. You and then Ben whatever from the game is three. <laughs> <laughs> you want our uh, final thoughts, Nick? Is that what let's you want? Let's get to our let's get to our final thoughts. It's time for the review crew. Review crew. We'll say something positive about Star Wars Episode One Racer, and then give it a a uh, give it a rating. Um, I really like you know the we didn't talk about True Guts much. True Guts are the Tatooine currency, which is I believe introduced for this game. Uh, I learned via Wikipedia that the exchange rate <laughs> equals uh, ten credits. One one True Gut is ten credits. Uh, and I think that's kind of speaks to my positive thing, which I think like the, you know, despite it being just like a racing game, despite it having pretty limited scope, I think it's good. And it like really fits into the Star Wars world and what we were talking about, like the little intro vignettes and um, uh, and the score and the sound design. And then Watto's shop being an element where you're upgrading your racer, you're buying additional pit droids uh, that you can repair your your racer mid-race. Like, to me, it all sits in with Star Wars so well, and that's part of what makes this such a good license game, apart from its gameplay feeling so tight and so true to the sequence we know from the film. Uh, so for me, this is like giving, uh, taking into consideration when it was released and, and how, it, uh, how it delivered on the expectations it had upon it. I think this is like a 7.8. I think this is a good game. Wow. Out of, out of what? 10? Uh... I mean, it's out of a million, but we've usually got it. <laughs> uh, Heather, Heather, your your positive thing and your rating. So I uh, I really like the most recent Star Wars games, which are uh, you know Battlefront Two and um, Fallen Jedi or Fallen Order, uh, yes. are both canonical games, and uh, as a result, they kind of are, like they're rigid. Like these are games that are like these things actually happened in Star Wars. Whereas this game takes a scene and is like, let's have fun, and then makes an entire non-canonical experience. That being said, I do wish that it was real and that there was like a period of time where Anakin was like traveling the galaxy as a child in like professional racing circuits (laughs) and then maybe smashed into a rock and died, which would mean that the Emperor... (laughs) 
never rose to power. The Empire was never created. And uh, Luke Skywalker was never born. Like, <laughs> this is a game that that asks the question, could you like racing enough to kill Luke Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> and my answer is yes. This game is enjoyable. So I'm going to wow. give it a... Um, what did you give it? A 7.8? 7. 7.8. Um... I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this game an 8.5. I really liked wow. it then, and I think it's, it's surprisingly ho- holds up really well today. Wow. Uh, Heather, what you just mentioned is actually a passage that I highlighted on Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> strangely, the game also shows Anakin Skywalker potentially racing on a number of planets and even being favored for a racetrack on the planet Barunda, even though there is very little, if any, indication that he ever raced on any planet other than Tatooine. So definitely had some some nerds up in arms with the the canonical oh my uh, things you could extrapolate from this game. All right, Matt, so your positive thing and your score. Well, yeah. So I missed this game when I was a kid. I didn't have an uh, a Nintendo sixty four, uh, but I loved Star Wars at this time, and I loved I loved playing this. Uh, I had a really great time. I was telling you guys uh, that. I like reached for my switch sort of just like reflexively to do something. And I put this game on for fun, like outside of like tried to review it. I went, it was just like, Oh, I'll just play that for a few minutes and had a great time with it. Um, I had so much fun playing this game that I put on my positive thing is that it made me rewatch episode one. I hadn't seen it in a while. Wow. And Whoa. it's, I was texting you guys when I was watching it and I was having a great time and it's just very funny that all these things are happening in this movie. That movie's busy. There's a lot going on. And right. then for maybe like 30 minutes, they're like, also, this is we're now going to talk about racing. And the movie is now about racing. And then it's not ever. It doesn't ever come up again, like ever. Uh, and it's just a very, very funny moment that just like among all the other things, there's this war that's about to happen. All these uh, these these like political things but also this race. And I just think that's very, very fun. Um, and I liked how shitty um, the, <laughs> the, cause like they did sort of like that very early, like sort of like facial mapping of uh, like the character. So like they printed Jake Lloyd's face onto like a 3d model of this character. And it looks so, so bad uh, in the it, game. Yeah. It, in it's the like game, stretching looks... human skin over a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It looks, looks really awful. And every time I saw his, um, his, his, his little kid face of the game, it did make me laugh. And um, I did, you know, think about the plight of this man and uh, shout out to Jake Lloyd, but I'm going to give this game a nine because I had so much fun. Wow. wow. High score for Matt. All right, Lauren, something positive in your score. Okay. My first question is, do you like take the average and like do something with it with these scores? Or is it just kind of like you just say? No. They're immediately forgotten. <laughs> 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 well, because I feel like peer pressure to give it like a really high no. score because no. I don't want to like mess no. with any no. sort of algorithm. Say what's in your heart. Okay. Mm, um, what I liked about this game is that Earwolf paid for me to play it. (laughs) Um, But no, but I did enjoy the racing. I like racing. I like racing games. I think they're pretty fun. And it reminded me of being at Pizza Hut and like playing a motorcycle game. Like there's like an energy of like you could fall. It's like it's very sensitive, which I actually appreciate it because it made me focus more. Um, And... I thought that it was fun, that it was very Star Warsy, and <laughs> it's really just <laughs> grasping at straws. Um, 
But overall, I thought it was fine. I just thought like this isn't the type of thing that I would want to play. I think if it were like a Hello Kitty um, game that was like a racing game in like a universe that I don't even know that's like Hello Kitty or something, I would like think that was really fun. I think like I don't really uh, I'm not really drawn to this this type of animation with like the sort of space vibes. Um, But at the same time, I can appreciate why someone would be. And I give it a five. Like, I'm like, it's not really horrible, but it's not like amazing. I just like, and I probably will play it again because I have it on my Switch now. Um, And I think that's fun. It's like, I like racing. So there's that. That's my opinion. (laughs) Well, there you go. Hey, those were our takes, but Heather... (laughs) There's a chance that maybe we're wrong. Hey, maybe we're wrong. We've got we've got reviews from the internet uh, that go into contrary opinions uh, to ours, um, or maybe uh, align more with uh, Lapkus' um, take on the game. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick, do you want to go first? Or do you want yeah. me to go first? I've got some from the Steam store. Uh, Noob Saibot1997 says, Now this is pod racing. Spock <laughs> says, Now this is pod racing. Demkami says, Now this is pod racing. Underscore Lemon underscore adds, Now this is pod racing. Moonshard writes, Now this is pod racing. Oh, and Rentago writes, Now this is pod racing. I think it's so good that we have the internet where we can all share our opinions. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, a, a longer piece of uh, a review here. Do you want to hear it, Nick? Yes, please. All right. This uh, Baba Va- Van Vanga uh, writes: Game is awesome if you make it run. First, it took me two hours of troubleshooting to make it work. Played fine with my Xbox 360 USB controller for around two hours. It was great. Then the next time I tried playing, it did not recognize the controller. No joystick detected. Tried everything and it never worked. I have been troubleshooting this game four times the time I have played. This bad quality trash. Like, nice. I, wow. I feel like the arc of that review is is like somebody who got out of their car at the Trader Joe's parking lot and has a lot to say. Yeah, and a lot of it feels <laughs> like it's their fault. Like, just because right. you couldn't set it up right? Like, shut mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that frustration of not being able to get a game to run on PC, especially like it, it, it's it is maddening though. I, yeah. I think it's it's probably less of a thing now. Is that a contemporary review or is that from back in the day? Uh that's a, a contemporary review. Because I had mm-hmm. some problems getting my my hey my Xbox One controller to work on my PC. I had to unplug and replug and reboot a couple of times. Uh, so you know it's 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 not a it's not a seamlessly Nick. It's not a you- seamless port. Did you write that review? Nick? Uh, let's move on. <laughs> hey, I've got an old game facts discussion. Uh, this is from the Star Wars Episode One Racer board. I just like this exchange. Red 13 writes, the last good game released. I would know I own 21 game systems. Oh, my God. And then Yoda2323 replied, this game is decent, but there are much better games out there. Very measured. <gasps> is that me? Hmm. that was 1999 internet is that why that's so like pleasant to read yeah (laughs) yeah this is like a reasonable opinion you would share like it's not horrible it's fine 
This is before social media. <laughs> not, it's not the reply isn't I'm gonna dox you and squat your family. Like it's, <laughs> it's just like I think differently. <laughs> hey, that was maybe we're wrong. It's time for a segment. We're gonna see if our panel can outact some of the most memorable voice acting in video game history. It's time for another edition of VO Theater. Today's game is Resident Evil. We have an excerpt from this. Uh, this features the characters of Jill and Barry. Lauren, you will be playing Jill. And Heather, you will be playing Barry. I will read stage directions. Great. Let me know should when you're ready. I, should I do a boy voice for this one? Should I do Barry's a dude, right? Barry's a dude, yeah. All right, great. Great. I'm ready. All right. Jill is in a small anteroom. A click comes from the doors. The ceiling begins to descend onto her. Hey, what's going on? Cut to Barry in the hall. Barry pounds on the door. Jill? Jill, is that you, Jill? What happened? Barry? Help me, please. The door won't open. Quick! S stay away from the door, Jill. I'm going to kick the door down. Barry kicks the door down. Hurry, this way! Jill runs out and the ceiling trap slams to the floor. Oh, Barry! That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life. But, but Barry, didn't you say you were going back to the dining room to do some research? Why on earth are you here? Uh, I just had something I wanted to check. Now, uh, let's get back to searching for the lost captain and Chris, shall we? Thank you, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Barry walks away. Why do they say each other's what? name so much? <laughs> What's, you know, I know what this scene is. Not as soon as we start reading it. Yes. And I had always thought the acting was bad, but now that I read the dialogue, I'm like, how would you say these things normally? There's no way to make that good. Like, like it's crazy. You were almost a Jill sandwich. You're right! Exclamation point. <laughs> Barry, thanks for saving my life. But Barry, there's no one else there. You know what you're talking to Barry. But Barry, didn't you He's say you were the dining person room? there? Thank you, Barry. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, look, I, I think you two did a great performance, and you are zeroing in on the script. But let's see if the script is really at fault. Let's hear the actual scene from Resident Evil. Ooh. Hey, what's going on? Jill? Is that you, Jill? What happened? Barry, help me, please. The door won't open. Quick! Stay away from the door, Jill. I'm gonna kick this door down. Hurry! This way! Oh, Barry! <laughs> that was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life. But Barry, <laughs> didn't you say you're going back to the dining room to do some research? Why on earth are you here? Uh, I just had something I wanted to check. Now, let's get back to searching for the lost captain and Chris, shall we? Thank you, Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? The emotional so shifts lying? in that scene are so wild because <laughs> she save she gets her Barry saves her life. Uh, she's gonna be crushed by this trap, 
And then after the Jill sandwich thing, she thanks him, but then immediately shifts to like, hey, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you're supposed to, it was supposed to be doing something so else. so weird. And the pause is so strange. Like they just yeah. stare at each other and she's like, but Barry, didn't you say? And then he's like, uh, uh, he's definitely lying. What's he, what's he hiding? Right. And then she thanks him. When she thanks him again, he's like just exasperated, like immediately like, <laughs> eh, whatever. All it like a Flintstone, like a Flintstone dinosaur whose fate is to use like his bill to be a record turntable. <laughs> what? Um, hey. <laughs> you don't yeah. know Flintstone dinosaurs that are fucking no. forced to do menial tasks in a house? They're yeah. like, it's a living. They talk? They have that energy. Yeah, they're like resigned to their fate. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll let this one go, but that was almost it for you, Nick. <laughs> I am right on this Flintstone dinosaur issue. <laughs> this is the attitude they have when they're forced to be <laughs> vacuum cleaners or whatever. Hey, it's time for the question block. Ding! All right. This one's from at Vernon TK7 on Twitter. Uh, Vernon writes, this was one of two video games my dad ever tried and enjoyed playing, along with Excitebike. Did your parents play video games? And if so, what were their favorites? I have an answer for this. My dad did play, my dad has played like a handful of video games ever. I think he's maybe played like a half dozen video games. But the ones that come to mind, for some reason, he really got into Dragon Quest One, released as Dragon Warrior in the States which is a like a hardcore, very early JRPG. And my dad finished it. Wow. Like he's played fewer than like he's played like a half dozen games total, like I said, in his life. And he finished this game that requires wow. a lot of grinding and is this very tedious, uh, opaque early RPG. Uh, he loved he loved Mist, very, very into Mist, which I think was a big dad game. I think dads like were excited to use the CD ROM CD ROM drives in their new computers. And then the other one I can think of, it, jumping all the way ahead to the Nintendo DS generation uh, and brain training. And if you guys remember, everyone was playing yes, brain I training for a time. Yeah, so yeah. I, those those are the games I can I can remember my dad ever playing uh, for more than just like a second. That was fun. That DS thing. That brain it was training. fun. Yeah, I think it was complete bullshit. I think it didn't do anything, <laughs> but it, it made, was fun. It, it actually made holes in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my mom has played a bunch of video games in my life. Uh, my dad is not, but my mom is like kind of a secret gamer. And when um, she played like Zork and King's Quest and she played um, SimCity. Uh, yes, we. Oh, my God. We love that in my house. My we, brother and maybe that my parents. Uh, and then when uh, when quarantine happened, I sent her a switch and got, got her Animal Crossing. And she is on that game every time I sign in. She's still on that game. She loves wow. it. Um, That's so cute. Yeah, she really loves Animal Crossing. So my mom is now officially a gamer, I think. Like if you have a console and you yeah. play a Nintendo game, that makes you a gamer. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Lapkus, anything come to mind? Anything you, you ever saw your parents play? No, my parents never played video games that I remember. Um, my brother has always been really into games. And so like my whole childhood, that was his thing. And then I would like, you know, join in sometimes. Um, 
I think the closest my mom gets to playing a video game is reading magazines on her Kindle. <laughs> that counts. That, that's look at, nice. Look over that one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, hit us up with your questions on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAY. That's 616-275-2933. Lauren Lapkus, great to have you. Thank you for playing Episode 1 Racer in the ER. Anything you would like to plug at this time? Yes, I would like to plug my Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkus. And I'm doing a lot of fun stuff on there, like improv episodes, conversations with friends, watch alongs to TV and movies. Like I did watch alongs to some Star Wars movies. So you can like sync me up with it. And then I'm currently uh, going through all of the Babysitter's Club new series on Netflix with guests and talking about it. And it's really fun. So um, yeah, check that out. Cool. Thanks. Check all that out. Matt. It's now time for me to ask, what is next week's game? And it's time for me to say, next week's game, James Pond, Underwater Agent. Wow. What do we want to do for the end? Uh, we can just kind of like throw to like a generic thing. I think yes. But we can do it like. Uh, <laughs> I didn't wait. Were you were you saying we should do an outro? <laughs> <laughs>